Yo, it is Stocks and Bars, the stock market hip-hop podcast, the only place where you will find hip-hop and finance mixed together. And today, who do I got with me? I got this guy that I actually met finally when I went down to FinCon last year, and we are going to have a great discussion about back in the days. We've had great discussions in the past, and I'm looking forward to this one, so let's go ahead and get into it. Let's go! I got my clique ready to use the money they got From jobs and courage and teaching them that it's not So hard, I'm doing this, making investing pop You law is extra, you tuning in to Stocks and Bars Peace, it is Stocks and Bars, the stock market hip-hop podcast My empower empire It continually grows, alright And then a shout out to the people that I met at FinCon This is another guy that I officially met, alright Virtually, we met Physically, we met at FinCon. This is a guy that I bumped into on TikTok. When you get a chance, make sure you check out his channel. We had a very good conversation on his page as well. We had such a great conversation that I felt very, very open to call this guy a brother and really feel like he's a brother, all right? Because, first of all, we, we share kind of the same age. We're in the same bracket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we come from the hood, made something of ourselves. Now, this guy, I'm very proud of him. I watch him from afar. I watch him do his financial content. And I'm always amazed at how he stays in front of things. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring to the table my guy, Marcus. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a round of applause. We're coming on debt free dad this is my guy what's going on with you man hey what's going on brother what's going on everybody tune in i definitely appreciate you and your listeners you know having me on the platform to hear hear the convo hear what a brother gotta say yeah yeah so like i was saying we come from the 80s all right so we're in our 40s. I'm not, I'm not afraid to tell nobody. I got a couple grades. I've been through a couple things in life. I earned these stripes. All right. Facts. <laughs> this is not something that a lot of people that I know actually got the chance to get to. All right. right. I got gray hairs. Some people didn't even get the chance to get one. All right. Some people lost their hair. <laughs> right. Facts. Some people lost their hair. I'm still here, you know. So I'm very right. grateful for the opportunity to get better. So what we're going to talk about today is out with the old, in with the new. All right. We've come from a background where we've seen things and we've applied them and we've improved ourselves. So first thing I want to get off my chest here is that my guy is a lawyer. All right. I don't know any personal lawyers in my personal circle. All right. So now that the empire empire is starting to extend itself out, I welcome this. All right. Because last time I talked to somebody yo, who snowboards. Right. Before right, that, I right. talked to somebody who was who was um, surfing. I knew nobody ever in my life who's surfing. All right. I'm like, yo, a right. surfer. Put that down. I'll write this down, all right? So now I got a lawyer, all right? So tell me about the journey about how you ended up becoming a lawyer. Um, well, you know, it, it really, you know, I guess it was twofold, you know, growing up where I came from, single, you know, parent household, growing up with moms. My moms was always a, she's a, she's a church. She's a missionary. She's a minister now. And so I'll tell you to, to keep it a buck, She's been telling me probably since I was two or three that You're gonna be a she lawyer. had a dream that I was going to be an attorney and that my brother was going to be a preacher. <laughs> and so that, that she might have subconsciously fed it to me, you know what I mean, at a young age. So that was really the first time I heard it. But, you know, it was no, you know, some people are blessed to have, you know, parents or aunt or uncle who kind of went in that field, so yeah. they kind of get some guidance. Um, you know, for, unfortunately or unfortunately for me, I just kind of always had to take the route of figuring it out myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I was blessed in the regard that, you know, and, and uh, uh, rest in peace, my brother, he passed away, and you probably know this, uh, during yeah. the summertime, he was murdered, but I was blessed to have a brother who, no matter what he got into in the streets, he wouldn't let me go too far. Yeah. And, and and that's that's something that was 
it was just kind of prevalent growing up. Even even cats in the neighborhood who weren't my brother, you know, like I can remember asking the guy, "Yo, let me let me use your car to 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 drive this to the homecoming dance, man." And and he looked at me and was like, "Nah, if I let you use this car, you may have to use the pistol under the seat." But this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but this is what I'm gonna do. You and who going with you? You get a crew of your boys and let me know how many people your dates and everything. And I make sure y'all got adequate transportation. So, you know, I was blessed to come from an area in the time where even though people may have been doing wrong in the streets, they, had they really wanted better from the people who coming up behind them. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, I mean, Cat Scott started scholarship funds. And so of seeing so many of my friends get incarcerated, pass away. Yeah. The, the first thing that hit my mind even before law school was, man, maybe I should see something different. And so playing sports was a big deal because I met people outside of the neighborhood. Right. And the second biggest deal was probably when I went away to the military. Okay. It, it allowed me to get away from the house, get away from the block, so to speak. Yeah, you got to see the uh, world. Meet people, yeah, meet people who did do did different things, who are from different places, live overseas, go places most people will kind of never get to go. So that was those first kind of things where, you know, mom's planted that seed. My brother kind of was like, nah, you're going to do something and it's going to be different from what I'm doing. Yeah. And the real inclination to go to law school occurred. I remember the exact moment when I was like, maybe I should go back to college and go to law school. <laughs> this is it. Right? Um, yeah, it's yeah. 2003. We are leaving Kuwait, getting ready to head into Iraq. This 2003. So the whole Iraq OIF conflict literally just started. Yeah. So nobody knew what was going on. They had an actual military and soldiers, you know, so this was literally the beginning of the time where it was your army versus our army and, and nobody knew the situation. So the rumor from Intel was that uh, it was a guy named Chemical Ali. That was like Saddam Hussein's Chemical top Ali. chemical officer. And the rumor was that Baghdad was just kind of laced with like sarin gas. If y'all get in too deep, we just going <laughs> to pop smoke on everybody. And so I, every time an explosion would go off, you never knew if it was chemical. So you had to put the mask on, put the rubber suit over your clothes, go through this whole thing in 120 degree weather. And I remember sitting in a bunker with gunshots and everything going off and I got this mask on and you're breathing mad slow. And I was like, you know what? Might be tough with you. Yeah, man, maybe, man, you know what, man? Maybe my mother was on to something when she was talking about that law school stuff, man. If I make it out of here alive, I think I'm going to go back to college and just see what I got to offer. So that was kind of the road from growing up to that moment where I was like, okay. Because I, I I mean, the military was cool, but yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it was probably for me, it was the most racist institution mm. I've ever overtly seen with my eyes. And, and I'm a black male attorney and it's not that many of us. <laughs> it, it was wild when I was in the military and I was like, hell, I was like, no, I can't do this for 20 years. This ain't going to end good for me or for somebody else. So that was kind of that trajectory that made me turn and say, I'm going to check out this school thing. I'm going to go to law school and see how those cars play out. All right. Yeah, everybody always has that one moment in their timeline that was definitive enough to say, past this point here, this is where I'm going. <laughs> facts, 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 right, right. Like it's that I'm, moment of clarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that that A D B C right there. Boom. Like this is where it's at right here. So right. Yeah. It, it, Listen, from the hood, you also had, you know, gunshots and all that stuff, right? Like, I remember a time in Virginia when we came home, and it was like, pow, 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 pow. They were like, ah, oh, get down, get down. Yeah, Everybody man. running into the house. At that point, that's when I'm realizing, and this was like sixth grade. Like, all right, yo, this ain't the life that needs to be for me. <laughs> no right, more. facts, right. Like, I want something better than this. I don't want to have to have this chaotic environment forever like nah right right <laughs> i agree yeah so you walk through the whole stages of going to be a lawyer and how 
you ended up getting there. So once you started going down this journey, what kind of circle of influence did you have to help you continue to stay on that path? Um, it, I, I'm gonna be honest, man. Like I didn't really meet people who kind of gave me that push until I was already in law school. Okay. I tell people all the time, a lot of, most times, unfortunately, but most times when you got something that's a big idea or something that you want, want to do, down. Uh, a lot of times it's on you. I can remember, I can remember, you know, uh, one of my family members who for a long time was like my most favorite aunt. I was like, oh man. And I remember saying something like, man, I think I want to go to law school and be a politician to help people. And they was like, don't nobody know you. (laughs) (laughs) And and at the time I was like, damn, I was like, like, it was, it was was, family. That's what I'm going to be honest, man. Like aside from my immediate family, like mother, father, brother, it was very few people who overtly were like, you know, you can do this. You, You got this. It was really my immediate family who had my back. And I've always been one of those people where I, I mean, if you want the best way to get me to do something is tell me I can't do it or doubt me. Oh, that's one of them. Okay. Yeah, I'm one of those people, man. Some of I probably did it out of spite just to prove people wrong. (laughs) But 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 that was it. You know, up until that point where I got into law school was really just my immediate family and my own drive. Uh, that did it. Once I got into law school, it was kind of dope because, you know, I'm a undergrad. I went to HBCU law school. I went to HBCU. And that was where I kind of met like, like, damn, OK, the dean is from the city like me. He yeah. he the same guy from the neighborhood. We, we talk about some of the same stuff. And so I met people who have achieved a certain level of, you know, what society deems success is. And at that point, you know, in that first year, that was where people really start give, giving me the gems on how to move, what to encounter. I had a few professors like that in undergrad who really kept it real and was like, if you want to go in this profession, this is a profession that's a guarded profession. So you're not going to see a lot of people who look like you. Right. So right. sometimes people will thank God this has never happened. But, you know, one of my professors told me people will say stuff to you to piss you off, to get a reaction out of you, just so you have a reaction that'll move you out of position from mm-hmm. where you want to be. They playing chess. That, that's that, <laughs> that's that, 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 you might get called the N word. Thank God that ain't happened yeah. because I don't know if I have the wherewithal. Yeah, listen, that's tough. To not bless somebody with <laughs> <Yeah>. these hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the career might have been out the window at the minute, right? That happened. Right, yeah. man. But that that was it, man. It was other people in law school, you know, people I met in that, those early stages of law school. Because after the first year, I really didn't want to do it. After the mm. first year of law school, and I didn't have bad grades. I, I was like in the top 10 percent of my class and ended up getting the full scholarship. I I just typically didn't like the personality of the typical or what I think is the typical attorney or law student personality. Someone who's argumentative, someone who always thinks they're right. And, you know, like that's I typically don't get along with those personalities. But I finished up because that first year. I just took out so many loans because it was out of state <laughs> Like I, I was gotta like, go I was like, dog, if I gotta pay this back, I might as well go ahead and finish this up, bro. <laughs> so that's, yeah, I, I was already dollars. invested, man. Yeah, he was fully invested. He was like, nope. Then we pedal to hey, the metal now. I gotta pay now. this back in six yeah. months. I was like, six months? Oh no, nah, I can't do that. Bro. Let me let me finish these last two years. <laughs> All right. So you ended up bumping into some people that actually inspired you as you continued to move along. Because after you right. got out that first year, you know, you started to really bump into some people like, all right, you from my hood. Hell, and then you started to see yourself in that profession because you saw other people who look like you right. doing it. And that representation means everything, man. Everything. Because, right. I mean, when we come from the neighborhoods we come from, we only saw a handful of things. And so that's all we knew to do. And that's what we emulated. But when you see somebody who is, like you said, that quote unquote level of success that society has deemed, 
and it looks like you, then it gives you a whole, you know, you're like, wait a minute, I can do something different? You know, right, I, right. I don't know if I shared it with you last time, but, you know, when I was in sixth grade, there was a point where I wanted to be an astronaut because mm-hmm. I love space. Like, even in, in early grade school, I love science. Like, I'm still a science fan. Like, I watched a whole bunch of Nat Geo, all that type of stuff. I love it. And there's a point, like I said, I wanted to be an astronaut. I saw a poster on the wall and, you know, regular poster and the whole gear and all that. And I was thinking to myself, I wanted to go to space. Like, I wanted to be an astronaut. One of my friends told me at the time that black people aren't astronauts, which at the time, factual, right? <laughs> you know, so then it, it, it settles in and you're like... Yeah, you're probably right, you know, but there was no representation for me to see. I right. take that back. There could have been representation, all right, but it wasn't visible at the level right. that I was at, you know. Right. So, right. you know, now with the internet and phones and all that, yeah, you can pull you, it yeah, up. You can, yeah. yeah, you can easily be like, boom, that you, right. you lying. That's not facts. So, right, right. Tell me a little bit. You from the D.C. area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, tell me a little bit about. What was it like growing up in the D.C. area in the 80s? Man, well, you know, I'll tell you, for me, I think it was kind of indicative of how a lot of neighborhoods are always, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, the, the, the wife is from L.A. And, you know, L.A., they talk about this real big, like, gang culture. Yeah. And, you know, in D.C., it was a little bit different because it, I, I would call it more of a crew culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't necessarily, you, you had your gangs out there, but most, for the most part, it was more comprised of not just membership in a, a, an organization or a unit. It was more of we're a neighborhood and we always hang out together. Yeah. So by default, we are already a collective crew. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. And so when you, when you grow up in DC, you know, go go music in DC is the big deal. And you when you go to a go go, you know, when the band say, well, well, well where are y'all from? You got to have something to say out. You can't say your street. <laughs> like, you can't. Like, some people say their street if you got a cool street name, but you got to have Other a crew name. So yeah. a lot of those crews dealt with, man, we're all from the same area. We all, this was back in the day. Like now, kids on the block don't even know each other because you go to a charter school, you go to a private school, you mm. go to a public school. Well, back in the day, Everybody in the, the block same went to the same school. school. Yep. So you knew them from the time you were in school all the way. Th- if, if, if they didn't move all the way through graduation or however life right. they matriculated. So, you know, in D.C., it was one of those things where you kind of had your neighborhood. Your neighborhood was kind of your crew. It was like every urban area, man. You have the, the, the things that were just kind of constant. You had the, the poverty. You had the... Right you know, lack of resources in the neighborhood. Um, so it was one of those things where, like you see in a lot of inner city neighborhoods, you have to get out of these, you have to go over hurdles to have whatever you envision success to be. Right. Whether it's illegal or legal, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's right. always some hurdle that you would have to go over to get whatever level of success it was. Right. But it wasn't I don't want to paint the picture as if it was a complete negative aspect as well, though, because uh, people laugh. But, uh, you know, and I'm, I know you may or may not be familiar with uh, D.C. Mayor Marion Burry. Uh, I, I but, am. I am. Yeah. But, yeah. but Marion Burry is a mayor who, oh, he got caught in a prostitution sting with crack. But unbeknownst to a lot of people, Marion Burry implemented so many programs in the city that were designed to keep people and youth off the street. They used to have midnight league basketball tournaments where games didn't start till 11 o'clock at night. And they went to two or three in the morning, man, you would go outside on Saturdays. Streets were clear because everybody was in the gym looking for it. He started the youth summer work program, which got a lot of people who had maybe high school education or no college education. It actually got them into government jobs. So there were a lot of positives that occurred, but you know, it like every urban area, you had those pitfalls that you had to those landmines that you had to tip your toe <laughs> right. to avoid to get to 
some level of success. Yeah, man. One thing I love about the hood is that it teaches you so many valuable things. Very early age. It sucks because it's an early age, but as you get older, the value that you get out of it, it's like, man, I'm glad I experienced that at that point in time because now I know how to apply it. So for instance, like work environments. I hate work environments, first of all. <laughs> I hate right. the corporate life. I really do because it's nothing compared to, you know, the street life that I'm familiar with. All right. Right. And there's so many things that, you know, that vex me like, man, listen, <laughs> do not try that again because X, Y, Z in my head. But at the same time, like, I keep this job. So I'm going to go ahead and keep this low. And I'm not going to tolerate this. But I'm going to let you know next time. So some of the things that I've learned from my culture is how to navigate through tumultuous environments. I right? I remember there was a kid who wanted to fight me so bad and I would dodge him all the time because I just didn't feel like fighting, right? <laughs> like, right, right. Like, I, at an early age, I understood conserving my energy. Like, listen, right, right, we, right. We, we can do this all we want, but at the same time, for what? Like, right. just because you really don't like me because of whoever? So, question I have for you is like, from what you learn from the D.C. street life, what have you taken from it that you still apply to this day? You know, I, I think the, the biggest thing for me and, you know, like, you know, like I said, we're going to go to where, like, when, when, when you say the D.C. street life, you know, I, I don't want folks to get the picture. No, no, like, nah, street, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. young Nino, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, my my big brother, now, now, now him, different story. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, and kind of growing up in that environment, the, the biggest takeaway or lesson is that I, I think growing up in those environments build character. You know right, what I mean? Right. It builds character. It builds that you know that mentality I talked about where if people doubt me, I'm gonna do it just to prove you wrong. Even if <laughs> I don't want to do it no more, I'm gonna do it now because you can't say yeah. that I can't do it. That is and that I think character. there's some value. Yeah, I think there's some value in, in having that attitude, that that fighter spirit, that, that fighter. hustle. And, and yeah. I, yeah, and you know, it's funny because you know I think this is I think this holds true. I told my pops this. I said, at some point as a kid growing up, my pops, you probably looked at me and was like, man, this kid in that street smart. I think that's something that every parent, every parent, if you're doing your job as a parent, you're going to look at your kid and if you don't say it, you'll think it to yourself. Uh, and you should think that because you're, you presumably got your children into a better situation than that you. they don't have to do that. You know? and, yeah. and so it was interesting. I remember when my son was a little guy, he started playing basketball and we stayed in the nice side of town. And I was like, nope, we're not playing basketball over here. I drove him all the way to the other side of the town. <laughs> and my wife was like, why are you going all the way over there? He can play basketball here. And I was like, nope, I want him to interact and meet that kid who wants this so bad because he thinks this is his only way out. This, I said, I want him to interact with that kid. So you know how to deal with that personality. You aren't intimidated by that personality. And the first yeah. time you see a, a hungry personality like that, you're like, okay, I know what this is. Yeah. I know how to deal with it. My wife was like, this dude dropping my baby off in the hood to play basketball. <laughs> but I was trying to explain the lesson <laughs> that I wanted him to get. Like, you're doing this and you play basketball because it's fun and you like it. There are other people out there who are doing this because to them, this is their ticket. This is their only way out. So y'all going to both have a different mentality. So I think that 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 hustle attitude, that work ethic and that that nature to just prove somebody wrong is probably the biggest things that you take from a rough childhood and you can flip that to your advantage as an adult. Yeah, that's the one thing, man. Teaches you toughness because you're going to run into something in your life, and a lot of people are either going to fold or they're going to fight. Right, and right. you got to pick that lane, and you got to know when to pick that lane. It's like I said, I mentioned, you know, the whole thing about conserving energy. That's the one thing that I learned about it. You know, early on, 
first, second grade, I probably would have slugged it out with him because I just, just cause, you know, for whatever right. reason, you know. But as I got older, I'm like, I really don't need to do that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's no reason that's for smart, me to man. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, so you pick up things quickly and you learn how to deal with it. Like you said, you got to figure out these personalities. Like that kid is a hothead. I don't need to be around him. So let me just put myself over here instead. <laughs> right. I, it's funny because I, I I was telling uh, my son, I said, man, I got in a lot of fights just because of who my brother was. Mm. And I, I was like, I was like, that's just what it is. He he had a certain reputation. And by default, you associated it, with it. But by, by, by default, that's what it is. So yeah. if, if something if something happened or somebody got out of pocket, he was like, I'm not going to mess with that kid. He'd be like, he, he turned and look at me. I had to go. Hey, that, and, and what, what I'm gonna do? I, I can't be like, nah, man, I don't want to. Nah, I can't let my big bro there. Yeah, like, yeah, you gotta go with him. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, it, you know, it, it's funny, man, that you you get those lessons, but you you kind of learn from those lessons. And I, I, uh, in doing that, you know, I, I done caught some hand whipping too. Yeah, um, listen, man, L's come, L's come, L's right. go. <laughs> I was like, all. I gotta fight this dude, but he got me about two, three years. My brother's like, yeah. I love go. Like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, when that stuff like that happens, the respect comes in. Because I remember there was a kid that I fought, but at the end of the day, we ended up respecting each other after that, and we didn't fight anymore because Hell he yeah. knew yeah. he knew I wasn't yeah. going to back down from it. You right, know? right, right, right. And right. he knew I had hands, so. What else can you do? You want to go again? No, probably not. And nobody <laughs> want to fight every day. Yeah, nobody wants to do like, that. Like, like, yeah. We can do this every day, or yeah. we can just figure out that I right, we we got a mutual understanding. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we gonna fight. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely good. Yes. So yeah, fast forward to now. We we've learned our ourselves. Okay, we we've gotten to the points of the level of success that we've achieved. All right. One thing that. I still struggle with it to this day, and I think every human does, is balance, all right? Mm -hmm. Now you've become the lawyer. Now you've become the dad. Now you've become the husband. Now you've become so many different things to so many people. Add on top of that, now you're a content creator. You're doing these things. How do you find and maintain, all right? Because sometimes you can find it and lose it. <laughs> so how do you find right, right, and right. maintain your balance in your life? Um, you know, for me, I'm, let's just keep it a, a buck, man. It's, 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 uh, this is my personal opinion. I think it's an impossible task to think that you can achieve balance and juggle everything without dropping something. Right, it's like right. the, the guys who spin the plates on the sticks and they running all around spinning the plate. You can only spin so many plates before, <laughs> before one, one of them, them fall off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so for me, it's, it's kind of about pace. So I guess as it relates to my career, I've been practicing law almost 13 years now. So okay. I've been in the game for a minute. So I have a very small learning curve compared to like those first two years when I yeah. know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so, so my actual legal work is not as taxing because I just got so much institutional knowledge because I've been doing it so long. Yeah. So I can really pace myself and my work schedule because I don't spend as much time doing the research and doing all these things. A lot of these fact patterns, a lot of these laws, I, done, I mean, I, I've had trials where, okay, you didn't want to come see me and you had six months. You know what? Tell me what happened. We're going to go to trial right now. And they're like, no, no. I'm like, Judge not going to give us another continuance. You didn't come see me. Let's go. So, so from that standpoint, it's just an experience thing that have allowed me to be able to manage my schedule. Right. When you talk about all the other stuff, and I refer to this time, the time from maybe your early 30s to about 48 or 49 is really the, the messy middle. Is that point in your life where you're going to have the most obligations, where your financial obligations may either match or exceed like your financial obligations are going to be at their highest 
when you're early 30s to 49 because you have kids. This is just what statistics show. So I think the best thing to do is if you're lucky enough and blessed enough to have a family, have a spouse, have people who can support you, have people who can at times, if there's a plate over there that you can't reach and spin, you can say, yo, can you spin that plate for me real quick? I just need this one hand so I can kind of juggle everything. So yeah. it's all about pace, expectations, knowing that if I can't handle something, I got, you know, people at, uh, you know, uh, at the, the debt-free dad compound, the house of the debt-free dad, who I can lean on to get things done. They right. aren't going to drop the ball. And I have the moments like everybody where you just have so much and I just call it a reset. You know, sometimes you just need a reset. My my wife will know when I need a reset because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm kind of real irritable. It's, and sometimes you just need those resets where you say, you know what? Time out. I'm going to cut everything out for a week except the essentials. Mm. And I'm going to just, you know, do something that I enjoy. Do something for me or just take time away from creating or doing the excess obligations just to kind of reset so you can get back to plate spinning because that's what it is in a messy middle. It's trying to juggle everything without dropping nothing and breaking it. Right, right. Man, you hit it on the, the head with just having a reset period. I recently went through a reset right after right. Christmas. Normally, I produce content on a weekly basis. But after Christmas, I was like, man, hold on. I'm going to take a break, right? Right, right, right. You got to. You got to. <laughs> Let me hit the reset button like you said because not that I was getting burned out, but I right. knew I was getting pretty close. So I, yeah, had to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to say, all right, let me pump my brakes. Yeah. Get That's my good that you ready. can do that, though. Because a lot of people don't listen to it. your body and your mind to tell you when you need to take a break. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I always tell people, when your body and your mind say you need to take a break, slow down, yeah. slow the hell down. You know yeah, what I mean? Just, you, just you, do you it. You got to pace yourself. Don't push it. So that's that's good that you were able to feel that in advance and say, let me calm it down so I can get back on the, the, the path to doing what I want to do, doing what I need to do. Yeah. And let me give you your props right now again for bringing me to FinCon, because if it was not for you, all right, sir, if I did not see what you had posted about it, I would not have ever known about it because I, I didn't know about it at all until that very moment. And then that's what allowed me to get to the relationships that I've recently established is before you even came into the picture, as far as FinCon, I was already looking towards the path of change because I knew mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I needed to do something different because what I was right, doing at right. that time it got me to XYZ level, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's as far as it was going to take me. And I knew that. And I remember vividly how I was in college when I was around everybody, you know, who's in the think tank and everybody is working to get to the same goal. And I remember loving right. that environment. I said, man, I got to get back out and get around other people who want to do the same thing. Because, I mean, in the house, I got three daughters. I got a wife and a dog. And... I'm not going to say they don't care about what I do, but I'm going to say they don't know about what I do and the work it takes, right? So, right, right. <laughs> so when right. I need that that extra level of inspiration, I'm not going to get the speech out of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're right, not going right, to give right. me the I have a dream speech, you know? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So right. I, I had to tap back into a different energy. And like I said, the trajectory that I had started and then boom, ran into you and then this is what we got right now so yo once again thank you for being in my life the involvement that you have <laughs> yo, yeah <laughs> yo I, I i appreciate it and i and for me you know i i'm all i'm always i'm a i'm a big diversity guy i like to see us represented well at things like that yeah and we had representation at the first fan con i went to but the first thing I looked at it was like, oh, it should be more of us here. <laughs> like, it, it be, because let's just let's just keep it a buck. You know, if 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 you have two people, person A and person B, and they're both given the same information. Yeah. If you can relate to a person because of their background and their experiences more, 
it'll probably make you a little bit more receptive to what they have to, to say, say because right. you have similar situations and backgrounds. Right. So for me, that was really kind of it. Like when I found out about it, I was like, oh, wait, this is a thing. I never, they got a scholarship. <laughs> Y'all gonna pay for the ticket? Yeah. It was a dope event. It was cool to meet other, you know, people who are on the same thing. And I think for me, this sounds wild, but FinCon, the best part of it for me is, you know, interaction, talking to people, right. meeting the connections to do collabs and do all those other things. But it serves as like a reset period for me. man. It, like, same here. Every time I go there and when I come back, I'd be like, let's go. Right, let's get let's go. Thing. Yeah, yeah let's, <laughs> I, I'm going hard. I'm going yeah. hard. Right? <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me, too. I came back from there. I was like. Say no more. I'm a minute, you know. Right, right, After right. After right. you know, we were sitting around and we was uh, talking with you know Larry and all of them. That conversation was like, I saw him and I'm like, okay, he looks like me. He he made it to a level, okay, and he's telling right. me how he did it. Pfft. When I get home, it's on. Right. Like, right, <laughs> <laughs> it's on. I'm I'm in. So right, yeah, man, right. that that was a good reset. As well as good education, man. Definitely, so, definitely. Let's talk about hip hop now, all right? Because you know, okay. we, we both come from the areas, and we we came from inspir- inspiration as far as hip hop is concerned. All right. What was that the album that you can recall in your life that gave you inspiration to be a lawyer, or is, is there an album that gave you inspiration to do anything? Period. You know. This sounds crazy, and I don't know if you remember this quote, but I remember Kanye saying a quote, something to the effect of, my music is for the people who got to motivate themselves, who need self-motivation. And, you know, early Kanye West kind of just stuck out with me, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, through the why after his car accident. But one of his bars that have been my life mantra, um, is uh, this this famous Kanye bar. Now I can let these dream killers kill my self-esteem or use my arrogance as my steam to power my dream. When I heard that bar, I was like, hell yeah, yeah. Kanye. Yes, I feel exactly yes. It, and, and so, you know, I'll tell you, I've there, there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. And trust me, I've heard both. (laughs) I've heard myself described as both. But a a lot of times, like I said at the beginning, you are your biggest fan. You're going to have to be your biggest self-motivator. This is a real talk conversation right here. When I started this whole YouTube thing, right? Now, I never thought of, oh, I want to do it to blow up and get super wealthy. I just wanted to, yo, I'm going to pay off my debt and I want people to see how I'm doing it. So hopefully it can motivate them, blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. kind of what it started about. But, you know, there's a there's a helping people aspect to it. But there's a side where if people like what you're saying, they dig your personality where you can make an income from it. Right. 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 I remember me and my wife were having a conversation about someone that met at FinCon who's you know, you meet those people who like I stopped my job full time and I'm a full time creator. Right. <laughs> yeah. And. And, and I'm like, kind of like how Kobe Bryant was. The smallest thing that you may say, even though I don't think she wasn't, she wasn't not encouraging me, but sometimes I want blind encouragement. I don't care how crazy it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so you, you ever meet those people who they just kind of have a chip on their shoulder. If it's, oh, yeah. if it's one thing and and, and man, you turn. All I said was you can work on your jump shot. No, you said I can't play. I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys. And so I said something about, oh, this guy does this full time. And my wife said something, and it wasn't unsupportive, but it wasn't supportive enough. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to take off. So, so you know that that Kanye West album and, and Kanye's music, his early early stuff, really kind of you know, resonates with me because I, I kind of like the message when his music was coming out. It was kind of that time frame where I was in college. So okay. a lot of the college dropout stuff, it kind of really resonated. Stuff. Yeah, he was the he's the guy in hip hop, you know, those early albums that really stuck with me and were motivating. Kanye is going to be weird. I say this. I don't think he gets enough credit. 
And when he first came out, everybody understood him as the backpack rapper, right? Right, right, right. He came out with, you know, his own the he was the first guy that you saw really wearing a polo and, and jeans and was rapping and didn't look like the other rappers. And he still had bars. So he was the first guy that really kind of changed the game and opened it up for people to kind of be different and get accepted right. for being different. That's the way I look at it. Because we did have different rappers in the 90s. They just didn't achieve a level that people accepted them at, you know, and, and got right, right. platinum status and all that stuff. And maybe I'm disregarding somebody. I can research it later. And if I am, then holler at me, whoever. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, as far right. as it's concerned, I give Kanye the gold medal for that because at that point in time, I can't remember another rapper who decided to just completely be himself and not, like you said, not have arrogance about it, but was just right. very confident in himself that he was good at what he was doing and believed he was the best. And in yeah. hip hop, Everybody's got to be the best. You got to yeah. be, you know, because if not, you can yeah. beat down fast. <laughs> I, I, I tell people all the time, you you show me an attorney who's not arrogant and I show you somebody I damn sure not going to hire. I don't want <laughs> yeah, like, hey, Maybe, maybe not. Like, OK, I know things could not go my way, but you need to show me how it's going to go your way. Confidence, yeah. You need yeah. to show me the utmost confidence. Hey, even if we lose, we gonna do this. Yeah. And if we don't, if that don't work, we can we appeal it. This. I need you to give me all my options, and I need you to put on this entire performance based in skill. Right. And I feel like that's what Kanye was able to do. It's one thing to put on a performance, but you don't got the skill. But if you got the skill and you can give me the performance to that's buy into, okay, this dude is confidence. Like I said, confidence, man. It'll, it'll get you through. It goes to the argument. People always say, well, you know, I was talking to my son, like, would you rather be, would you rather be consistent or motivated? And I said, I don't give a damn about motivation. I say, because motivation, you know, one, some people rely on others for motivation. Some people are self-motivated. Yeah. Even when you're self-motivated, you're going to you have days when you aren't that. motivated about yeah. what you wanted to do. So if I'm a if I'm a bodybuilder and I want to be the, the the in the Olympics for whatever strongman competition, motivation isn't what's going to get me there. It's consistently right. Me getting up on the days when I'm not motivated and to do the anyway. same thing I need to do. That consistency is there. So I feel like you know having that arrogance, but the skill set and the consistency. You know that's something that I think Ye had. Like I said, he was outside, but he wasn't wearing jersey, Mitchell and Ness jerseys. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. He was just doing the, the button ups, and he had the right. hat, you know. And then he had the little bear thing going in the beginning, just different, and just being himself. Right, right, right. And it got him to where he is. So I, I, I give it all to him. So we keep it on hip hop, right? Um, what was your favorite time frame for hip hop? I mean, you mentioned Kanye, oh, so that's like early 2000s. So I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. No, nah, I think the if I had to say the golden era of a three-year period, oh, man. I would probably say that 95 through 98, 99. Ooh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. I was going to say yeah, 96 to 99 man. was it. Yeah, like, for that, that, like from 95 to... Like early '99, man, that was just when everything that came out was, was so hidden. dope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had the biggies, you had the bad boy coming up, then you had the guys from down south who was on the scene. Like, man, who are these guys? It, yeah. I mean, I think that's when for me, that's kind of, and I know I, I understand and I'm familiar with the history when we're talking about hip hop in, in the 80s with Busy B and Mo D and those battles, you know, South Bronx. I know all of that stuff. Right. But far as the stuff that resonated with me, if you get into my car, you're going to think you're in a time machine to the <laughs> mid-90s, bro. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I often play on my um, other channel, on the Stocks and Bars YouTube channel. That's all I play on there majority of the time. Is, right. You know, the music, because honestly, I'm connecting with people who are just like me anyway, who likes that. So I'm with you. 
my frame is 96 and 99. That stretch right there. <laughs> I, I don't think you can really find a whack album in there, you know. And if it was whack, it still probably has some gems on it. So right, right. <laughs> because the the level of talent that was out there, you had to compete. You right, had right. to you had to bring it. There was no way you was going to get off the shelf if you was lame. It just wasn't going right. to happen. And that also kind of leads to the whole thing with the Kanye's. If somebody like Kanye would have came out back then, they probably would not even looked at him, right? They would have been like, "Oh "Oh, yeah, yeah, nah." They'd have been like, "What? Who is this weirdo?" Yeah, and that's why I say he changed the game because he came out. Yeah, yeah, it was like, "Listen, you, I might not look like these guys, but I can spit." Right. You know, it's crazy because I always told people about that time frame in hip hop. I'd be like, "Of all the people who were popular, okay, all the people who were selling albums." Name somebody during that era who was selling albums and very popular, a lot of radio play, who was whack. And the first name that came out there, they was like Ja Rule. I said, okay, if Ja Rule is your wackest rapper, that's crazy because 90s Rule was on fire, man. (laughs) certainly was. With the Holler remix, (laughs) man, what? Murder Inc., him, DMX, Jay-Z on the album cover, The Source? Man, you crazy as hell. (laughs) They had it on lock. Give John his respect, man. Right. Yeah, I got to stop. John was on albums and songs with Jay-Z's, DMX, the biggest in hip-hop. And was holding it down. Yeah, it was. I never left out of there like, man, John got punished. Yeah, yeah, He held his own. Yeah. I mean, I I can look at those days, and back then you can say he wasn't the caliber rapper, but as you can tell now, when you look back at it, it's like, man, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what was I talking about? That's because we right, were spoiled. Right. We had we had all of that back then. We, we had so say, many. Yeah. <laughs> so we somebody had to be at the low end. <laughs> right, right, right. Even if you were talented, yeah. you were like, yeah, you are, you're the sixth man of the year. Yeah, you nice. Right. You could be a starter, but we already got five guys who yeah. nice. <laughs> they already nice. Sorry, you just happen to fall in this spot. So right, that's right, what right. it is. Right. Um, yeah. So my. My album that that opened me up obviously is is Illmatic. That's gonna be the one. I remember when I very first heard. Matter of fact, no, my first album that I heard that opened me up was the Infamous. Then mm. I heard Illmatic after the Infamous, because the Infamous, when I heard that, that was '94, and I heard that I was like, who is these dudes? And I've been hooked ever since. And then after that, I heard Nas. Yeah, so that yeah. was that was it. But he was a QB guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fully. You know, I'm from Brooklyn, but yeah, I was I was a prodigy, man. That was my guy. P, yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He, so so let me let me ask you a question real quick, man. If you had to take it, what was your hip hop song that you could recall from your elementary school days that made you really say, Man, I I, I this hip hop thing, I I kind of got love for it, man. For me, the song that resonates with me, I I was just playing it for my son. We was watching the video. I was like, I think I was in fifth grade. Tribe Called Quest scenario with Young Buster Rhymes. And I said, man, (laughs) when I saw that video, I was like, whoa. This is like, scenario was the one song I can remember from my elementary days when I heard it. I was like, I was trying to call into the radio and request it so I could record it, so I could record it on my cassette player and everything. I got, I got two of those. All right, it was Buckshot. Okay. All right. Okay. Buckshot came out with um, uh, who got the props? Okay. Right, that right. was that was my jam, and that was sixth grade. All right, and then it was um, the Hit Squad. Cause I, Huge, okay. huge yeah. Red Man fan. Okay, yeah, when they I came out with, with head, yeah. Headbanger, that was yeah, my joint right there. It's like the yeah. Headbanger. What the hell? Yeah. I was like, that video had me nuts too. And then when Red Man right. first came in on that too, I was like, oh my god. Right. <laughs> yeah. So those was my two right there, man. Um, there was That's a dope. there was a group called the Youngsters, and they shot a video right around the corner from where my grandfather stayed on Farmers. And I remember that I was I saw the video and uh, did you have a box? box? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I ain't yeah, had yeah. a box, but yeah, I had yeah. friends who had the okay. box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember watching the box, and I saw the overpass where they were shooting. And I was like, "Yo, this! 
I know exactly where that's at. That's over there, right, right around the corner. Like if you left Farmers and hit right there, one thirty fourth and Farmers, that's it. And I'm right. like, oh, and these kids was like my age. And you know, we had who do we have back then that was spitting? We had the youngsters. Uh, dang, who was another young group back then? I only, I can't remember. I can't remember. It was, it was a crew of uh, young kids. Anyway, but yeah, that that opens also opened me up too because I was like, I could actually try to be a rapper. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> these kids is like eleven, and they sitting right. there spitting. Um. So yeah, let, let's keep it on the hip hop tip here, man. So now we've passed our renaissance, all right, <laughs> and now we've been subjected to what hip hop is right now. Right. At first, I used to hate it. Right. I'm not gonna lie. Still to this day, I still listen to the to the music, and I'm like, yo, what what the heck are they talking about? I have zero idea, and I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. am I getting that old now? Like, I don't right. I don't know what's going on. So I, I try to stay in tune with my kids listening to. So is there a rapper right now, or you know, an artist that's come out recently within the last ten years or so that you actually didn't like but started to like? You know. It is interesting because, you know, I, it's, it's a blessing to have kids. My son just turned 16. So, you know, my kids keep me hip in the yeah, game. Yeah. You know, I used to be like, I got like, a little Uzi Vert. I ain't yeah, listening yeah. to that. <laughs> then I remember they put me on to that XO Life World Tour. And then I watched the, uh, I know, the, the Irv Gotti B C Show Tales. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And he had, a, he, had, he, had, he had a show based on that song. And it put it in the context of like, I, after I saw that show, I remember I went back and looked at the words to the song as he was rapping it, and I was like, "Oh, this this he dude talking. is is he really talking, talking about yeah. something hard, real here, <laughs> substance abuse." And it, it was a it was a real song, man. So it's a it's a lot of guys who are talented. I went through that phase where I was like, "All oh, these guys is garbage." Yeah, like, Ski yep, Master Slump here. God. Yeah. What kind of name is Ski Master Slump God? <laughs> until, until I listened to a few balls, and I was like, he actually. Got talent. He's yeah. not untalented. You know what I mean? For me, I'm going to tell you, cats who I think are really talented, and this guy, it's funny because a lot of people think this dude is a weirdo, but uh, I'll tell you who got bars, man. Tyler, the creator. <laughs> Listen, Yo, Tyler got bars. Tyler got, I'm a fan. Dude, I'm a fan. Yeah, that dude, if you sit back and listen to If you to think about it, he's, he's also like the alter Kanye. If you think about yeah. it in that way, too, yeah. Yeah, so so I, I like I like Tyler the Creator. I, I like Lil Uzi Vert. I like uh, you know, hey, he got a court situation he's dealing with. But I'm a I'm a fan of Young Thug. I, I think okay. Young Thug, uh, you know, I think Young Thug is is. I remember all those times it was Young Thug and Fetty Wap and all these rappers who were kind of in that similar niche. Yeah, yeah. And Young Thug was the person who kind of was the cream of the crop you know you didn't yeah. at that time i was like he's the worst of them but then i was like <laughs> he he ends up having the longest longevity and a lot of these guys you know it's funny because i i listen to their music and it's catchy the hook the beats catchy but i'm one of those people where like on my phone i'll click lyrics so i can see what i want to see yeah. yeah and when i once something. i hear what they're saying and i get the full story i'll be like he actually not mumbling. He's actually rapping about something. Yeah. It's just his inflection, which I blame on Silk the Shocker. I say Silk the Shocker <laughs> is the grandfather of mumble rap. And I was a No Limit fan, but Silk the Shocker hey, was the grandfather of mumble rap and rapping off a beat. Oh, yeah. He was the king of rapping off the beat. But when it was out, we, we still yeah. flowed with it. It was one of those things. It was like, because hip, this was also in the 96 to 99 run. So we listened to this stuff because, not that we had to, but because we was like, mm, all right. <laughs> all right. I'll let Silk run. Silk the Shocker come out right now. He probably wouldn't do anything. Nah, <laughs> he tried maybe about three or four years ago. And I remember <laughs> I saw his video. I found a video on YouTube and I was like. Uh, it's over. I know it ain't your fault, but is it though? It might be your fault. Like, it might be that. your fault on this one. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, you did it. Yeah. You did it. That's all you. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, rappers that I've grown to like, the baby, 21 Savage. 
Yeah, I like twenty one. He he, yeah, he it, it took it took a minute for twenty one to grow on me, but I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, there was one more that um a boogie with the hoodie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I that had to grow on me. Um, but then there was some cats that came out that immediately sat with me, and that was um them ASAP ASAP guys. Oh um, yeah, 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 ASAP yeah, for yeah. ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Um, I was rocking with them from the beginning. I'm like, all right, I can feel them. I feel it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a hip-hop snob, but I'm like you. I got to hear what you're talking about. You know what? Uh, it was a female, uh, what should we call it, recently. Not recently, but for like the past three years she came out. But then she stopped doing stuff. What's her name? She on everything, too. Uh, Who? She's she's on she's on pretty much every single song now, man. And she she rap. What the heck is her name? That was just driving me nuts. Oh, Lotto, Glorilla, who you got? Uh it's it's um somebody who recently stopped rapping. She was rapping. Mm. Dang, why is my why am I drawing a blank right now on who this is? Mm. Hold on. I know I got a I got a hip hop question I gotta ask you to settle a debate with my son I had too. <laughs> what we got? <laughs> we were talking about who's the rapper who had the the brightest spark but flamed out the fastest. Mm. And so we, we and so we we narrowed it down to three. Now to judge this, we went off one. They had to be really popular. Two, the other category we looked at is. Their flame out had to be relatively fast or fast. short. They had a short run. And the third factor was if they flamed out due to something that was completely their fault that could have been avoided, they got extra points in the UF'd up category. <laughs> so this is who we narrowed it down to. Okay. My son said, my son threw out this name. I, I only know of one song with Kanye West that he did. So I was like, I don't think he was popular to me. Little Pump. I was like, I can't think of one little pump song. I can't I, I said, I said, he's not popular. No. I said, the two people to me who came out were the baby. I think he, he, he burned as bright as you could. And he fell off as fast as you could. <laughs> and, and it was probably his own fault. Hey, he shut up and not double down and just apologize. And the other one that I thought of was, uh, uh, Six nine, and I, six, I, nine. I'm, I'm not a six nine fan. I don't think he can really rap, but I'm talking about he brunch. He, he shined bright. Everybody knew who he was. Yeah, he was all. No matter how horrible you may think he rapped, he was on a lot of people's songs. He had a lot of features, and he just kind of fell off. I, I, I would have to think it's the baby man. I feel like the baby, the baby was probably had the most talent. That could have. He was actually than- a good rapper. And when he fell off, I was like, why, why we, why nobody listening to him no more? And it was just because of something he did on his own. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember he was on the, um, the re not the, what's the remix with, um, what's her face? Damn. I'm, I'm drawing a whole bunch of points on female artists. Yeah, right he, now. Was a, he, he, <laughs> he, he was, he was on, on the song and then all of a sudden I didn't hear him no more on the song. Uh, Dua Lipa, that's who it was. Yeah, and yeah, And I was yeah. like, why he ain't on the song no more? Like, how all of a sudden he was just on it and then not on it anymore. It was like one day they was like, cut him off. And yeah, it was he over. he made one wrong comment. Then he went to go apologize and he doubled down. I was like, oh, oh you, uh, double, you can't double down on that, man. They said, Who's advising you? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, for me, probably Troy Ave. I thought he oh, had, yeah. he had a, a nice run. He was like an independent artist that had a right, really right, good right. spark, and then you know he got in his trouble, and then after that, I yeah. don't really. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. That's a good one too. And I don't. I mean, I'm, I saw he recently came out with a mixtape, and he was on like an interview somewhere too. But right, I don't know what's going on with Troy now. Um, right. The artist that I was talking about, I have to research it after that for a little bit. Doja Cat, actually. Was oh a, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was yeah. a fan of Doja Cat. Well, yeah, recently, I like her. She, she stepped yeah. away recently because she made a yeah, decision. Yeah, she, she got so. talent though. Yeah, yeah she so I was like, I like who, who is this? You know, and I, I kept hearing her, and she was everywhere. And I said, okay, right. I mess with Doja Cat. Yeah, she's she's talented. Yeah, I agree. All right, so last question, hip hop related here. All right, so me and you, we got a hip hop background. All right, somebody who's never listened to hip hop before, they bump into us. All right, 
What are the three albums that you're telling them right now? Like, okay, you never listen to hip hop? Listen to these three. You know, <laughs> it's funny because, again, this is a conversation. And let me, I, I, I will put it in the context of, uh, can, can we do three songs? I can give them three yeah, you songs. You can do three Cause songs because we can relate the album back to the song. Yeah. I had this conversation, you know, with other people. And if somebody who never, if it was an alien, never from this planet, you got three songs to give them to listen to hip hop. Uh, the first one is going to be Tupac, Dear Mom. Okay. I just feel like that's a, it's so relatable because everyone has a mother, be it good, bad, or indifferent. The storytelling is, is consistent. It's going to draw out some emotion. The second one, and these are ones that my, we, as we were having this discussion, me, my son, and my daughter. And after they said that too, because that was my son's pick. And I said, I, I would agree with you with that. Okay. I picked... Outcast uh, International Players Anthem. That was my okay. <laughs> I think that has the harmony. It has the musical instrument. It has the storytelling about love and getting married and cutting off all the other stuff. I think like it, when you listen to that song and you hear that beat drop and you hear that singing in the background, yeah. like just it has such a melodic tone to it. In addition to the story that's being told. And the third one, and I, I agree with, the third one was picked by my daughter, and I said, that's a good choice, too. Busta Rhymes in the ghetto. Okay. <laughs> and I said, man. They got some picks. <laughs> I said, y'all are telling some real stories here. And, and, and so when we looked at it, we thought about it, we said, think about it. Those three, those three, I picked one, my son picked one, and my daughter picked one. We have... One honorable mention went to Brenda's has a baby too. Okay, know, so, so that was honorable mentions. If we said you had to pick one artist, it would probably be two parts. But we said with those three songs, you got a story about growing up in a rough neighborhood, your mother, the trials and tribulations she went through. It's almost a full life cycle. You got you got that story. Then you got Buster Rhymes in the ghetto where you talk about how the, the ghetto builds culture. You meet some of the strongest people, you know, all of those things. Then you close it out where you got a story where it's about love, it's about marriage, it's about relationships. Yeah. And so, you know, those are the three songs, I think. If it was somebody who was a novice to hip-hop, never heard any hip-hop at all, I would let them listen to those three songs because I think those three songs, you can't listen, if you listen to those three songs and say, nah, I'm not feeling it, <laughs> go out and sit in traffic somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to come back to hip-hop. After you right. hear that one, <laughs> right? All right, I gotta, I gotta do my three. I gotta remember three, three, just three, right? All right, so I'm gonna sit somebody down and tell them, okay, boom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign you up to listen to Ice Cube. Today was a good day. All right, because mm -hmm. this is gonna give you a valid story, right? All right, and it's relatable to everybody on the entire planet. Right? Everybody right. has a good day, and everybody had something happen on a good day that they right. can rap about. <laughs> and right, you right. can mess around and get a triple-double at any point. <laughs> all right. Song number two, I'm going to give them. Okay, all right, boom. You got the good day. All right, now I want you to listen to Wu-Tang Clan Triumph. All right, this is oh, a monumental song, song, man. Right? Everybody's yeah, listening yeah. to this, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You're going to hear this. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Bomb that's, that's one of my yeah, all-time yeah. favorites, man. <laughs> so you gotta listen to this yeah. and make sure uh, that yeah. you got it. Right? Yeah. Last, you're gonna hear a rough side of hip-hop, all right? I want everybody to understand what the rough side is. And I'm gonna take you the Mob Deep Survival of the Fittest. Alright, this okay. is a song all that right. you gotta hear. So those are my three. Somebody yeah, who never heard hip-hop, I'm gonna introduce you to the raw side in the world of it. Right, I'm gonna have right, the smoother right. side first and the in-between. Right. Right there, right, a nice right. little sandwich. So you can I embrace like that. it. I like, yeah. I like Triumph, man, too, man. That, that <laughs> verse on that that verse on Triumph, man, like perpendicular yeah. to the square, man. Yeah. That that was the hardest <laughs> verse, dog. The rhythm, like, like to this day, man. As soon as I hear that beat drop, I'll be like, uh oh. <laughs> hey, listen, let's let's also give props to RZA for being the originator of the ZA, right? Because we yeah. had the RZA and the Jizza. Now what right. you got? You got the Scissor. I saw. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> Then, right. I mean, shout out to Smoke Dizza. All right, we got right, that right. too. All right. right. There's probably some other Zuz out there right now that I don't right, even right. know about. But right. 
we talking about the RZA and the Jizza, all right? And right. also, I just just found out that uh, the Jizza was a professor. I'm like, they didn't tell me that. Yeah. So, right, right. <laughs> hip hop, we know some things, and we going right. somewhere, man. So. Yo, I appreciate you, Marcus, for spending time with me tonight, man. Like I said, much love to you, man. I really do consider you as a brother. And I, like I said before this call, man, I've been meaning to reach out to you. My heart was there. My timing just did not match up with my heart, man. <laughs> hey, brother. It, it happens, man. I appreciate you blessing me to, you know, be on the podcast, man. And, and you know... Your listeners for, for tuning in, brother. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, so let them know where they can reach you at, Debt Free Dad, on YouTube, man. Make sure that you, everybody, go check out the page. So go ahead and tell them where it's at. Okay, you can find me on YouTube at Debt Free Dad, E-E-D-T, Debt Free Dad. And I actually started a new segment. It's called Midnight Money. I do okay. it every other Saturday where I start streaming live at 1130. This is going to be interesting because unbeknownst, a lot of people don't know your boy used to do. Your boy used to be a child support attorney. So we're going to talk about <laughs> the impact, fellas, of child support on your finances and how you can pay lower child support. Okay. That's going to be a good one. You can find me on IG at Official Debt Free Dad, and I'm also on TikTok at Debt Free Dad. And hey, the website is going to be up soon, probably okay. in about sixty to ninety days. Official Debt Free Dad, and. The whole thing is based on free games. So I'm not yeah. really about having a bunch of courses. Follow my journey to financial freedom. Follow my journey to my family becoming first generation millionaires. Take the gems, learn from my mistakes. And, you know, hopefully, and you all can get there. You can do it. It's not how much you make, it's what you do with what you have. Exactly. And shout out to us. I'm a, I got to give myself some props here. Brothers. We are doing something out here that hasn't been done before. So we're going to stumble. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to be good about it. All right. There's no harm in it because we're doing something that we don't have a blueprint. We No one sat right. us down and said, OK, this is how you move through this. This is all figured out right off the top. And we learn these skills from being in the neighborhoods that we've grown up in and seeing the pitfalls and all of that. So we mainly learn what not to do. <laughs> we did that. Okay. All the mistakes already erased, right? Now all we need to do is just basically the complete opposite of what we saw and apply it in a better way. So shout out to all of the other black and brown fellas out here doing what we doing, man. Much uh-huh. love to everybody. And like I said, I'm not I'm gonna continue to make sure that I give you as much support as I can, man, and as I tell anybody, if I can be a vessel for you in any shape, form, or fashion, man, this is what I'm here to do until I'm gone. I want to make sure that I give everybody their love, their respect, and let them know face-to-face, much love to them. I want everybody to succeed. All right, brother, so I appreciate you one more time, and I will catch you later. Let's go. Peace. Peace. Here we go, yo. What's the scenario? I used to rep blacks like I own them. Shouldn't do that anymore cause we grown men. Taking care of the fam is the old man. Talking negativity ain't making no sense. I can help you make the bread then we both rich. If you a message in our heads then we potent. Words of wisdom and our culture need to know tips. Me and Marcus on a mission just to show simple. Steps elevate next level. Show you how to break the rules so you'll be the next rebel. We are more than entertainers don't let no one else tell you. Dominate anything we touch cause we the best ever. Helping you grow with equity with the beats every chance that I get. I'll equip you with tips to make your next better. With ownership, you will never need a loan again. It's the only way that we grow the M's. Stop, send some bars, stop, send some bars, stop, send some bars, stop.